Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Welcome, everybody. Today's July 1st. Can't believe it. I don't know where the year is going. We have a great show for you today. Returning to us is John Vespasian, and he has been on our show multiple times. He's a fabulous author, and I just love what he writes. He's going to be talking today about a new book of his. Welcome, John. Hi, uh, Denise. Uh, thanks for having me on. Well, let's get right into it. Let's talk about your new book. Um, how many books have you authored now? Uh, this is number 11. Every one of them is so fabulous. I can't wait to hear about your new one, so let's let's talk about it. Well, the title is uh, Asymmetry. Uh, uh, what I do in this book is to go through uh, a, a large number of uh, biographies from people uh, in different uh, centuries, different professions, uh, different countries, uh, people who've gone through um, plenty of trouble in their lives, uh, severe sickness in some cases, uh, high stress, um, disruptions of all kinds, and try to show strategies, uh, asymmetric strategies they have used uh, to recover, uh, to go through the problems, and actually to come stronger on the other side. Um, what I try to dispel in the book is the idea that uh, uh, most uh, successful people, uh, they have uh, a very easy life, a linear life, symmetric uh, experiences where they know exactly where they're going, uh, I, and in the book, I show that uh, this, this uh, perception is wrong. Uh, when you look at the details behind the stories, uh, you see um, that uh, a linear uh, approach to success where you just do one, two, three, four, five, and automatically uh, you become uh, successful or happy uh, is most of the time unrealistic. Huh. Why? Because in the in the context of uh, of an industrial society or a context of uh, modern life, um, there are a lot of unpredictable facts. Uh, even to the best of uh, your knowledge, uh, if you say, "Okay, I'm going to have uh, a career in this area," uh, your knowledge might become obsolete. Uh, the environment you are operating in uh, might change drastically. Uh, like today, we're in, uh, in the middle of this uh, pandemic, uh, this COVID-19. Uh, many people who were 
uh, working very hard, uh, developing their business, developing their careers, uh, uh, having a normal life, they have to deal with major disruptions. And what I show in the book is that um, uh, this is normal uh, to a certain extent. Uh, in any uh, century, in any life, in any career, you will find uh, uh, obstacles, you will find uh, adversity. Uh, the best way to approach uh, these problems is not uh, to despair, uh, because your linear progress is going to be blocked from time to time. You're going to find uh, problems. And uh, what I present in the book is, is, is a change of mentality. If you see this uh, problem, so to speak, as uh, normal, as, uh, as uh, predictable in a sense, that uh, your progress is not going to be linear, uh, and if you try to adopt an asymmetric mentality saying, okay, I'm facing this uh, difficulty, I'm facing this uh, illness, I'm facing these uh, uh, financial problems, how can I uh, do the best possible in these uh, circumstances? And in the book, I present uh, what I call asymmetric strategies, uh, which require uh, the individual to change uh, his mentality, uh, to minimize stress, uh, to strengthen his uh, his health and to try to solve the problems uh, not by working hard but by redeploying his resources in terms of uh, of uh, financial resources in terms of time in terms of energy and this strategy has been working for centuries the problem is that it is uh, it is completely counterintuitive why is that uh, because human uh, intelligence, uh, uh, most of the time, uh, is um, is based on on regular patterns, uh, language, uh, logic. Uh, we become able to think uh, because we learn to identify patterns uh, from behavior, from observation, and our thinking is going to be linear automatically. And we are going to uh, to establish uh, plans, and we go from A to Z, and say A, B, C, D. And this is the way we think. This is the way our intelligence is uh, constituted. And life uh, is rarely like this. Uh, you never see, uh, um, maybe you see it on television, maybe you see it on, in fiction, someone who knows exactly what he wants to do when he's uh, 15 years old. And he goes uh, step by step. Uh, he arrives at his uh, uh, dream career when he's uh, 25, 30, and he continues to become successful, uh, increasingly successful every year. This is so rare, uh, so unrealistic, so uh, Hollywood-like, that um, if you believe this, uh, this pattern, um, the normal consequence is that uh, you will become very depressed, you will become anxious, you will become... Uh, depressed, uh, despondent, uh, because you have expectations that are extremely, uh, extremely uh, unlikely. From the statistical point of view, uh, this is not how most people become successful. This is not how most people uh, become happy. And the fact that uh, people tend to develop these linear expectations that can be broken so easily um, I think it explains why we have uh, a, a numbers of people, millions of people suffering from depression and anxiety to, to a clinical level. Only in the U.S. you have uh, about uh, 52 million people taking medication against uh, uh, stress, anxiety, uh, depression. 
Uh, I think it comes to, to a great extent uh, from this unrealistic uh, mentality. So how is it that some people are able to overcome that way of thinking and become successful? Um, the transition from a, a linear uh, thinking to an asymmetric thinking um, from what I have observed in the research, and I've been going through dozens and dozens of uh, biographies in this book, um, it comes usually from failure. Uh, people try to, to develop uh, a career or to recover from sickness or they try to, to improve their financial situation. And the normal approach is to, to do something linear. Uh, for example, uh, to work harder, uh, to push harder, uh, to be even more uh, uh, aggressive, more enthusiastic, to do more of the same. And this is the normal uh, reaction. And it, uh, it leads uh, to basically the same result. Uh, just by, by working harder, uh, you rarely get uh, what you want. But this is normal. And eventually, after trying many times, um, I think people who are uh, a bit uh, creative, uh, a bit, a little bit more innovative than the average, um, they try different approaches and eventually they come to an asymmetric strategy out of uh, sheer uh, persistence. Um, ah. If you don't do that and you continue to, uh, to work harder and just to do the same, um, the results can be very, very uh, dramatic. Eh? For instance, in the book, I present uh, the uh, biography of Mozart, a great uh, musician, composer, uh, performer. Uh, Mozart, even if he was a genius, uh, he basically um, uh, died uh, out of exhaustion. I mean, he, he, he worked himself to death. He was working 18 hours a day uh, for years, uh, performing music, writing music, uh, teaching uh, piano lessons, and eventually, I mean, he couldn't sustain this, uh, this lifestyle. He could not actually make money. And what was the problem? Uh, the guy was a genius. He had uh, uh, an enormous creativity, but he was thinking uh, linearly. He had uh, all these capabilities, all this uh, um, uh, motivation. Uh, but uh, he didn't realize that uh, by taking a symmetric approach, uh, he was pushing in all directions. Uh, he was wasting his time uh, teaching music uh, to, to uh, basically to young children uh, for, for a few hours. He was writing music uh, very often that was uh, performed only once. Uh, so very often he wrote uh, a requiem or he wrote uh, a sonata. For some people who wanted to do a concert on the weekend, uh, he wrote in a piece of music uh, in, a, in a day uh, it was a genius uh, uh, piece of music, but uh, it was performed only once, and that's it. And he got uh, a couple of hundred uh, dollars, I mean, the equivalent. And this is not the way to live. Um, if he was taking an asymmetric strategy, instead of trying to do everything, in, instead of working harder, because he was working more and more and more every year, uh, he would have taken a step back and say, okay, wh where I can make money? What from all these things I can do? What is the, the most promising? What is the, the one that uh, really allows me to develop a successful career? And this is very difficult to do because most people tend to think like Mozart. 
uh, if they can do something, they just do more and more and more and more. And if it's not very profitable, they just continue to work until they, they get the heart attack. This is deplorable, but this is the human nature. This is, uh, this is how, we, how we naturally react to events. And Mozart, if he was taken an asymmetric strategy, he would have realized that uh, the only way he could make uh, a, a very good living was uh, in opera. Uh, he was writing opera very successfully. Uh, he wrote Don Giovanni, uh, he wrote uh, a, a few operas. But the problem is that uh, to do that, he had to stop uh, doing many things that he could do very, very well. He had to stop uh, writing uh, little pieces of music. He had to stop uh, performing because he was a very good performer, but uh, he didn't make any money. I mean, the, his performances, uh -huh. uh, just uh, piano. Uh, there was no money in that. In the 18th century, it was very difficult to make a living. But in opera, there was a huge amount of money. It was a great business. Uh, you could write an opera and it could be performed uh, for years uh, around Europe. But Mozart didn't want to do it, or he, he did it only sparingly because uh, he could not do it himself. He had to work with someone else uh, to write the lyrics. And this is what happens with most people. Uh, we try to do what seems uh, linear, what seems logical, what seems uh, symmetric. And we do not uh, see uh, better opportunities because uh, we are pushed uh, by logic uh, to do what, uh, what is not working, to continue to do what is not working. Interesting. Huh. It's a shame. He was such a talent. Yeah, but uh, you see, most people are very talented. Uh, if you just uh, find the, the niche, you find the, the, the market where you can do well, uh, you see, most people are really very talented. They can do, maybe they cannot compose music, but you don't have to compose music. I mean, you can be a very talented uh, uh, investor. You can be a very talented uh, um, uh, pharmacist, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, you can make a good living if you do it uh, in the correct way. But uh, when you see all this uh, uh, poverty in some areas, uh, people who have enormous potential, and uh, they cannot really think out of the box. Uh, they can only think uh, about uh, the circumstance, circumstances they face uh, every day. But many of these people, if you just, they just move to another city and they, they uh, learn some skills, they could become successful. The problem is that uh, to move from a symmetric uh, uh, approach to an asymmetric approach, uh, it is um, it's not self-evident. It requires a lot of uh, discipline, requires a lot of effort. And if you watch uh, TV, and this is something that um, is uh, not, uh, not self-evident at all, if you watch a lot of TV, and many people, unfortunately, they spend uh, a lot of hours uh, a day uh, watching uh, TV or watching any say watching fiction, um, you develop uh, very strong uh, irrational ideas. Uh, you develop uh, a perception of uh, of uh, business, a perception of work, a perfect a, per a perception of health as well. That is uh, is, is fiction. It's not realistic, um, and this is very dangerous. But uh, you have to break out of the addiction. Otherwise, uh, you will not be able to think uh, asymmetrically. Huh. So who else did you run across in your research? Well, um, 
I can give you samples of uh, people who um, who were completely lost uh, for 20 years uh, by trying to do um, more of the same. Uh, people who were very talented, very ambitious, and eventually they come to an asymmetric uh, strategy um, out of sheer uh, failure. After I mean, just me just give you a few examples. One of the careers I, I presented the book is uh, Philip Neri. He was a, a very um, uh, talented uh, uh, innovator in religion. He wanted to become a religious leader in the 16th century. And he was a, a very curious person. He had read a lot. Uh, he tried different approaches. He didn't want to go into the standard uh, religious approach. He didn't want to become a priest and join the Catholic Church like uh, hundreds and hundreds of people did in his uh, time because he thought it was very constrained. And he could not, um, he could not uh, become a, a leader, an individual. He, wouldn't, uh, he wanted to do something different. So he tried for 20 years. Uh, it was complete failure. He tried 20 years. He created, uh, first created a charity, and he tried to raise money for different uh, projects, and it was a complete failure. Uh, he spent uh, years and years and years uh, doing that. Then he created um, an association uh, to help uh, uh, pilgrims uh, going to Rome. He was living in Rome, in Italy. And he did that uh, for six years. He was also a complete failure. And eventually, um, he was going to give up. I mean, you have to realize uh, this guy was very talented. He was from a good family. Uh, when he looked around, and he was already in his uh, mid-30s, he could see that uh, his friends, uh, the people he had been uh, together for, for decades, uh, they were all successful. They had careers as, uh, as uh, lawyers, uh, military officers, uh, bankers, and uh, he was a complete failure. Uh, he had really been trying to do uh, all kinds of linear projects and failing one after the other. And eventually, out of uh, sheer persistence, he tried uh, to do something different, and he took an asymmetric uh, strategy. And he said, I've been trying to do what everybody else is doing in, uh, in religion, in his case, uh, uh, trying to work harder, uh, to put uh, more and more time, more and more effort, and it doesn't work. So what can I do that nobody else is doing? And then he came up with an idea uh, that now when we look at it, it seems like a, a strike of genius, but uh, it's the typical asymmetric stuff. He looked around uh, in Rome because uh, at, at some point uh, he was so desperate that he wanted to, uh, to go to India uh, to preach uh, to the Indians to try to convert them to religion. It was a crazy idea because the guy was already... Uh, in his mid-30s, uh, not very strong physically, so he would have, I think, uh, become sick very, very rapidly and died. So eventually, they rejected uh, him, say, no, you cannot go to India, you are too old, uh, you are not in good shape, uh, it's a waste of time. So eventually, he, he started uh, to give uh, serious thoughts uh, to what he could do. And he decided uh, to do something that nobody else was doing, because after so much failure by trying to compete face-to-face uh, -face with other uh, religious associations, uh, with the Catholic Church, uh, he said, okay, what is, what is something that I can do that nobody else is doing? And he observed uh, that in Rome, uh, the churches, they were full on Sunday. 
But uh, during the week, uh, from Monday to Saturday, uh, basically there was no one there. Occasionally they had uh, a marriage or a burial, but very rarely. Most of the time, these uh, fantastic, beautiful buildings, they were completely empty. And he thought, maybe I can use uh, these empty buildings that nobody is using uh, at the time, um, that they are completely empty, they are free of charge. So he came up with an idea of organizing uh, pilgrimages uh, in Rome. And what he did was uh, he put some advertisements, and eventually uh, what he did was to organize uh, a a small pilgrimage on Saturdays, uh, going from church to church on Saturday morning when they were empty, and taking with him a group of people, and then he would he would stop at the church and we made a small speech, an inspirational speech. It was not very religious, it was mainly inspirational talks. And then they, they just stayed there 10 minutes and they walked to the next. And it was like uh, many people go to to India, they go to Tibet uh, on pilgrimage, but he was doing, he was doing this locally. Uh, the cost was zero. Uh, the churches were empty. Uh, they let him do it. And eventually, after a few weeks, uh, he had a following of several hundred people. Why? Because what he was doing was so unusual uh, that people who never went to church, who never really involved themselves in religion, they thought, oh, this is really interesting. This is new. This is uh, exciting. This is uh, nobody's doing this. And people started to spread the message. And eventually, after a few months, he had uh, almost a thousand people. Uh, going to his uh, meetings uh, to hear him talk, uh, to walk uh, with him uh, on Saturday from church to church. Uh, he started a movement. He started uh, a congregation. He started uh, a new religious organization. And he continued to, uh, to move asymmetrically. He realized that uh, if he could do this on Saturdays, why can you not do it on, on Tuesday, Tuesday night? Why can you not do it on, um, on Thursday night? And he started uh, also during the week uh, to preach uh, every day in a different church. He would go to an empty church where nobody was there, nobody was using the church. And he made a, a sermon uh, on Mondays, and then he went on Tuesdays to a different church, and he, he was on Wednesday to a different church. And people started to follow him because it was so unusual. Nobody was doing that. Nobody was using uh, this asymmetric strategy to hit uh, the market uh, where nobody else was hitting the market. Nobody was proposing that. Nobody was doing that. And then he developed hundreds and hundreds of followers. And after a few years, uh, Neri uh, found himself the leader of a new religious movement. Uh, he, uh, he developed, uh, um, he continued to work for this for, for decades very, very successfully. Uh, he raised uh, large amounts of money for charity projects, and he became uh, very successful. And eventually, he was very old because he, he lived uh, uh, many, many years. Uh, he looked back and he realized that uh, he was about to quit just when he was about to become successful. Uh, and it only took uh, a change of mentality. It only took a change of approach uh, to become very successful. But this is what happens to many people. They try uh, symmetric strategies. Uh, they try to, to, to become successful uh, they try to recover their health by taking the linear approach and eventually by changing a little bit, 1%, 2%, they start to, 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 to work asymmetrically and they become extremely successful.
Uh, it's just fascinating. I believe that our listeners would greatly benefit from understanding your process that goes into re- your research for creating the, these wonderful books. Uh, my process uh, is completely backwards. Uh, and, um, this is a difficult uh, thing to, I would say, to imitate because um, uh, I'm passionate about uh, history, about uh, personal development. And it is not that uh, I wake up some morning uh, and one morning I say, okay, I'm going to write a book about uh, blah, blah, blah. And they say, uh-huh. I'm going to write a book about dogs. And how dogs uh, influence uh, people's personality, for instance. And then I do research about dogs. I make an outline for the book, and and uh, I I read a lot of books about dogs, and then I write a book. Uh, this is the normal way to do it, but uh, I I work backwards. I work in a different way, which is the following. I follow my passion, and I read uh, constantly uh, books, articles, uh, blog uh, articles. I listen to podcasts. I mean, I constantly. Uh, following what interests me, and I take notes. I've been doing this for decades. So I compile material about things that I find fascinating, interesting, uh, year after year. So when I want to write a new book, I just go back to my uh, notes, and I put together the book uh, relatively quickly because I'm just using something I know already, and I don't need to spend uh, three months doing research because my notes are already there. So I work backwards in the sense that uh, first I, I find the material I find uh, interesting, and then I put the book together. Uh, it is for me just uh, a detail uh, to take the material and to give it a shape uh, that, uh, can, that I can put in the book. Um, so it is. I think it's unusual because uh, very few people write uh, like this. Most people uh, first uh, think of the book, of the concept, and then they do the research. Yes, that's so very, very true. And that's what makes you successful. Well, it is, uh, it is asymmetric in the sense that uh, I do not uh, spend uh, time trying to to be balanced in my approach because um, this is something I, I, I really underline uh, in the book uh, that if you try to do, uh, to follow the rules and to do what everybody else is doing, and even if you become very, very good at what you do, in the end, um, it's very difficult to differentiate yourself because uh, you're following a process, you're following a, a, an approach that uh, it is normal in a way. It is it is expected. It is uh, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. a standard. And you know, I mean, come on, there there are billions of people in the world. Unless you do something uh, which is different, you deploy your your assets, you deploy your time, you deploy your energies uh, in a in a different way. Uh, you are not going to stand out because uh, you are basically reproducing something that uh, anybody can do. That's very true. You know, we've talked um, in the past, you also told us that you do quite a bit of traveling. Uh, yes, I do. Okay, not right now because uh, in these uh, times of this pandemic, uh, it's, it's very difficult to travel. They, uh, now they are opening the borders again in Europe, in most countries. But uh, yes, I have to travel um, 
I try to learn a lot uh, when I travel. I mean, if I go to a country just to stay a little longer, not just a few days, uh, because otherwise you really miss uh, the opportunity to see what uh, what uh, people are not uh, usually uh, looking at. And what you learn from traveling is basically to question uh, your habits, uh, to question things you're doing every day because you see people uh, eating uh, different things, you see people working in a different way, uh, you see um, using different products that uh, sometimes you never considered, uh, looking at, uh, at life uh, in a different way. And then you question uh, whether what you are doing at home uh, really makes sense. For instance, uh, if you go, I mean, in Europe, uh, the countries are relatively small compared to the U.S. I mean, the U.S. Uh, is huge. Okay, in, in Europe, you have uh, some huge countries like uh, Russia or, uh, or France, but most countries China. are very small. Uh -huh. And if you go to, to Portugal, for instance, uh, which is uh, um, uh, next to Spain, and you go there on holidays, for instance, uh, and you have the feeling immediately that uh, it's very slow. If you come from Germany or Netherlands or you come from, uh, from uh, a northern country, uh, it's the fact that uh, people move more slowly and they, they, um, they take life uh, a different way. Even if it's Europe, uh, the mentality is very different, uh, the, the music is very different, uh, the way they interact is very different. And it's very relaxing to, be, to see people um, uh, taking a very relaxed uh, attitude uh, to life. And it's not just a holiday, it's the, the whole atmosphere. And it's very different yes. in Portugal than in Austria or in Italy. Well, when we spoke, I believe you said when you frequent these other countries, you also do research. You know, you look for biographies of interesting people from those particular countries. Uh, yes, I do. Um, and I like to see the the, the events, um, the environment where they happen. Um, uh, for instance, uh, in this uh, this book, um, uh, Asymmetry, uh, I went uh, um, to Austria because part of the book is uh, is dealing with uh, uh, people from Austria. Uh, uh, I tried to picture uh, the environment uh, before the, the First World War, uh, when Austria was uh, a, a large country, was an empire. Uh, there were uh, a lot of opportunities for investment, uh, for career development, and everything was destroyed uh, within a few years. And people who had been building uh, their whole life, their whole career on that, um, they were displaced, they were uh, brought uh, to poverty. And I found the, the, the history and the, and the people involved uh, very intriguing. I went to see that. And it is very impressive. There, there, if you go, for instance, uh, to Vienna, you go to the uh, museum. There's a museum for military history, which is basically a history museum. You go there, and it still is difficult to understand how many things happened uh, only 100 years ago, how... Uh, the world changed completely the mentality from, from a monarchy, because most of the countries were still monarchies in Europe. Um, how they changed to what we have today is an industrial society. Um, it's still fascinating to, to 
see the biographies of the period because people had a completely different mentality as, as what you have today. And I think um, uh, we're talking about times before television, uh, times before radio. Radio started uh, at the beginning of the 20th century. And the, with the way people structure their days and they structure their careers uh, was uh, very different from what we have today. Uh, you have to imagine uh, that people don't spend uh, three hours a day watching TV. Now we take it for granted that uh, most people are going to spend three, four hours a day watching TV, listening to the radio. But uh, there was a world not such a long time ago where this didn't exist. Uh, uh -huh. The way people interacted, social, the social network, uh, um, uh, the, the careers, the friendships uh, was very different. And I found this fascinating uh, because it gives us uh, a different perspective of things we are not doing in the 21st century that uh, uh, possibly we should be doing. Huh? We should be spending my, more time uh, building uh, friendships and building um, uh, skills, uh, time that uh, very, very often people waste uh, uh, watching a fiction that is very entertaining, I understand. It's very engaging, it's very uh, compelling. But um, when you look at history and you look at uh, how people uh, develop their skills and careers, um, the value is really questionable. Yes, for sure. And with the changes in technology, it affects a lot of, a lot of people as well. Yes, but uh, um, what is uh, surprising is that uh, we tend to use technology very, very badly. And you see the possibilities uh, we have now for, for uh, communication, starting business, uh, reducing the cost of, uh, of uh, doing business. Um, they're amazing. I mean, many of those uh, did not exist uh, 10, 15 years ago. And we're still using those possibilities uh, uh, to do exactly the same we did before, only more. And you might have thought uh, that uh, the internet will open uh, endless possibilities for people to acquire knowledge, uh, to develop the skills, uh, to improve their careers. Uh, for a few people, this is the case. But I think for 99% of the population, uh, it is only used for entertainment, pure entertainment. It is, uh, it is used to reinforce uh, prejudice uh, to a great extent because people look for the ideas they already have. They don't contrast. Uh, they don't want to listen to, uh, to different uh, ideas. And in the end, it reinforces uh, prejudice. and It occupies the time that people could use uh, to grow as a person, to grow as, a, as an individual, to grow their careers. It's very sad uh, to see this, uh, this lack of, uh, of um, initiative. It's very yes, sad yeah. to see this. But uh, it is a fact. And if you want to develop yourself, you want to improve your health, to improve your, your career, to improve your finances, you have to break out of that. You have to use the resources. Uh, I, I, in the book, I, I call it asymmetrically. You have to use the time... Uh, to focus on something that nobody else is doing, to grow your skills, to grow your health, to improve uh, your network of friendships. Because if you just use the social media for, for entertainment, for, for excitement, for, for nonsense, um, you will waste your life. In the end, uh, the years will pass, 
and you will find yourself uh, very dependent on this uh, daily uh, excitement that is, is empty. It does, not, uh, it does not help. It does not build uh, yourself in any way. It's, it's, uh, it's just, I would say it's an, add- it's an addiction. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, why don't you tell our listeners how they can um, purchase your book? I know that um, I'm going to buy it. I just love reading your books. Uh, it's very easy to find uh, all my my stuff. It's very easy to buy my books. Um, if you just type my name on, on Google, John Vespasian, uh, you will find the books. They're in Amazon. They're in different outlets. It's very, very easy to find them. You will also find uh, hundreds of uh, free articles on my blog. There is also a free newsletter. Uh, extremely easy to find. Uh, just type John Vespasian on the internet, uh, and you will find everything in one second. Very, very easy. Well, thank you so much, John. Again, I so support your work. I just love what it is you do. Many thanks, uh, Denise. Uh, many thanks. Take care. Bye. 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 All right, that wraps up our show for today. I encourage you to purchase John's books. You can find them on Amazon or on his website. Uh, His first name is John, and then his last name is spelled V as in Victor, E, S as in Sam, P as in Paul, A, S as in Sam, I, A, N as in Nancy, Vespasian. Well, please uh, join us again next week. We'll have another great show for you. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?